Hello, listeners, and welcome back. We've gone a long time, but we're here, reassembled, if you would say. <laughs> and for what other better reason? Of course, it's the Hero Index podcast. I'm your host, Marcus McNeil, joined here by Aaron Keepers and David Murphy. And we reunited to go ahead and cover Avengers Infinity War. Uh, this is something that is really the culmination of 10 years in the making. We've been waiting for it in the MCU now. It's finally here. All of us got the chance to see it. it. Sounds like a lot of other people got the chance to see it, too. It's doing gangbusters in the theater right now. It's owning everyone's life. So we'd like to sit here, discuss it, give you guys our review for the movie and our thoughts on it. And we're really going to break the show down to two sections here. Uh, first portion is going to be completely spoiler-free. We'll just share our general thoughts about the movie, uh, some of the things that we liked, and then later on, We'll throw up a spoiler alert for you guys and let you know uh, this will be spoiler discussion. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, and if you probably haven't caught up on other things in the MCU yet, you should listen to this podcast. Go see the film, then come back. Uh, but from here on, we're going to keep it pretty straightforward. No spoilers at first. Like I said, once we get into spoiler territory, we'll throw it up. I know it's causing a lot of rage on the internet right now. So <laughs> we'll do our best to keep anything uh, that could possibly spoil the movie for you away until we get to that point of the program. So, David, I'm going to lead off with you. You took care of the review on HeroIndex.net and mm -hmm. were able to share your thoughts there. You can kind of surmise them here. Let us know what you thought about the movie. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Was it what you expected? Is it worth the 10-year wait that we had from Iron Man to being here now with Infinity War? Um, I think it exceeded those expectations, to be honest. Um that's what struck me while watching it is that it was absolutely incredible that just 10 years ago, Marvel started out with quite a simplistic traditional little superhero film that no one really fancied its chances in the box office. It was still quite a big hit. I think it made around 800 million back then, which was a bigger deal than it is now. Um, it was outperformed by the Dark Knight the same year, which wasn't much of a surprise. But to find ourselves now in a situation where Marvel can release a film with 30-odd protagonists, um, most of which audiences at large would have had no idea who they were a decade ago, um, and yet they will be greeted with whoops and cheers around the world um, when they make their appearance in this unbelievably um, epic-in-scope film... I felt quite overwhelmed by it at points, not maybe in a way that some younger viewers have been. I didn't make the emotional connection with it. A lot of people have been, but I didn't grow up with these these films and these characters. That's, that's important to point out, too. I've heard that sentiment a lot, and uh, when you start to be older folks like we're getting at this point, <laughs> you kind of lose sight of that because we grew up with things like Star Wars and stuff. But for a generation of people, this is their, their Star Wars. They've grown up with Absolutely. these characters from childhood to adulthood now. Yeah, completely. And I, 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 do, I did try and appreciate that. Um, obviously, we're not doing spoilers at the moment. But, you know, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that some, some of them don't make it. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think that, that had quite a lot of resonance with some people, but it, it didn't really affect me. I'll, I'll go into that a bit later when we do go into spoiler territory. But yeah, I just found it completely just immense. But what did surprise me is it does have quite a decent structure underneath it all. Um, it didn't feel particularly messy, which it easily could have. It is a bit repetitive. Um, there is a kind of constant dilemma 
which is deployed about three or four times, which does get a little bit tedious. Um, but and I, I think the other remarkable thing about it is just how well all the characters just meld into one another. Um, they they still remain distinct, but they can still interact with one another in a, in a way that's constantly engaging and always seems to produce chemistry. And that, that that is an enormous testament to the work that Marvel has done over the last 10 years in developing these characters. Um, and I can't praise it highly enough for that. I didn't love it. Um, I did think it was a bit showy. I did think it was probably... It could have done with maybe one or two less punch-ups. Um, it did seem the solution to every problem was violence, um, which I suppose we come to expect in the comic book genre but at times a little bit more ingenuity would have been welcome I think but I mean I can't deny the the spectacle it produced um yeah and I think my other thought on it is I think Black Panther hasn't done it too many favours Black Panther felt like such a giant leap forward for the franchise this feels like a, a smaller step back into familiar habits for the MCU um, obviously Black Panther had to be released before for the sake of continuity because we do go to Wakanda in Infinity War but um, and I, I admit it's a, it's a petty grievance and I don't think too many people are bothered about this um, but yeah it didn't have the same impact on me as Black Panther did I didn't I didn't think, with Black Panther I thought this, this franchise really does have a future if it can t- continue to be this deep and clever Whereas Infinity War felt to me like, yeah, this is the end of an era. So, again, given they've only been about, what, two months apart, they do feel slightly jarring in that sense. Yeah, but, my, uh, maybe even for some people who literally saw Black Panther immediately before they went well to see done. Infinity it's War. Theaters, yeah, isn't it? so. There's been showings like that. I've seen quite a bit of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you want to dish out on your thoughts with Infinity War? How do you fare with the yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I agree with a lot of what David was saying. Um, I think I I was pretty much that movie when the credits started rolling. I I was just just sitting back, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, uh, but never quite surprised by anything that had happened. I felt the movie was very much what I expected it to be, and and I mean that is a good thing. Like the the Russo brothers did something absolutely incredible, being able to t- pull together all of these unique bits and pieces that have been laid out for them and actually put it together cohesively. I think that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment that this movie made any sense whatsoever. And (laughs) let let alone that it's actually entertaining and really funny and like very, all, all the action sequences actually work together. They do jump around a lot. So it is slightly difficult to get a, a, a solid momentum going at times but all the pieces do work together, which I think is just absolutely incredible. Um, and like I said, I just thought it was such a funny movie because all of these characters were actually allowed to bring in their own personalities without trying to waste time with any kind of really backstories because we've already gotten that through the other movies. So all of the emotional appeal that each character kind of brings in and all those relationships with each other, that's what they've already set up that's what all those other movies already did so well it's almost like if you do solo films first and focus on making good quality films (laughs) you can lead into 
that being better when it's all collected and and, and put together. Oh, and that, Warner Brothers. Thing. Yeah, that's not a that's not a DC dig at all. Thank you. No. Um, but yeah, no, it's I mean it's really a testament to what these other directors were able to accomplish and what the studio trusted the Russo brothers to do to to bring everything together. I think kind of the newest element was. Um, the interaction between Tony and Doctor Strange, I'd say was probably, and I guess between Thor and the Guardians, those were the kind of the two new major uh, interactions that we hadn't gotten before. And those are both really entertaining. Like the, the, the chemistry between those characters works well um, to, to be able to move the plot forward in a necessary way, as well as in an interesting way, which I think is really incredible. Uh, I mentioned feeling a little overwhelmed and that was just kind of because they throw a lot at us right at the very end. And it's, it didn't, I'm kind of with you, David, like it didn't really resonate some of that stuff, but, and, and I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I think because it's because there's aspects that Marvel's going to have to roll back. So, and, and like, it's, it's apparent right now what those are. So there's less stakes in that in those situations than I think uh, it was meant to feel like there were. But overall, I think it's just such a fun movie, and I really, I really am actually excited to see it again. You know, sooner rather than later, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking with you guys before we started recording how we all. Uh, tend to be pretty bored when it comes to reviews we all mesh up pretty well so I'm, I'm kind of there on you but I'm probably just a tad higher than you guys but I know some of it I had to check my fanboy biases I grew up reading Avengers comics and uh, reading a lot of Marvel comics so I've lived and breathed with these characters uh, essentially my whole life so seeing something like this this film which got a hats off to Marvel and the Russo brothers and everything like that this film should have been impossible it was just <laughs> Something mm -hmm. that even when we knew that they were making MCU, we didn't even think we were going to get to this. We thought we were right. going to have an Avengers movie. Maybe they'll fight Loki or something one day, and that was it. But Marvel decided from out the gate they are going to pull out all the stops and spent years <laughs> developing all those things and weaving all this. Sometimes there was missteps, and sometimes it didn't work so great. But in the end, they had faith in their vision and what they were trying to do. And then trust in the Russo brothers to, to see it through, which is a massive, sprawling, 64-character, three-hour epic that they had to mesh together. We see a lot with tentpole films. It's hard just to get one character right sometimes and have that connect with the audience. To do it with essentially every character they put on screen is, uh, let's say, it's a master class, really, in development, especially some of the scenes that we get in the movie, and I'll go through there. So I had to, like dial all that awe <laughs> a little bit and really look at it from more of a critical perspective and uh, look at some of the things in the movie. I do think the pacing was, was off and I had these discussions with other people. It could have done a little bit better blocking out some of the elements more. I think like Thor's through line could have been really cut down to two scenes, but it's kind of peppered throughout most of the film and kind of gets mm -hmm. weird once you get into the final act of it. Then, uh, I just got to say my, my main thing, I liked all the action and stuff. It was great. We get some uh, great pieces with the Avengers taking on uh, the Black Order and Thanos. Uh, I really kind of enjoyed the smaller moments. I think all the actors here, everybody across the board was just just on it, on point, just doing whatever. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, especially 
stuck out for me. He had a lot of great moments here. Uh, Tom Holland had some great moments. Of course, Robert Downey Jr., Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, the performances across the board were just all phenomenal. I do wish we got a little bit more time with other characters. We'll get into that Mm -hmm. in a little bit. But as a whole, when you're working with something this big, I do feel like, you know, if you can keep it focused to something else, that it it lends better for having the things sort of revolve around it. And the focus for this movie is Thanos. And that's the thing. This is not Avengers movie. This is a Thanos movie. It's a, Thor- and... it's a Thanos origin. Yeah, you can yeah, pretty much see him as the protagonist. Yeah, it is. It's, the, it's flipped. So the Avengers are basically his villains that he has to overcome mm-hmm. to get to you know his ending. So I appreciate that they kind of turned that whole narrative on his ear and we actually spend more time uh, learning about him and seeing what the stakes are for his whole quest and really turned out to be the best, I think, Marvel villain that we've gotten so far. And it's just high praise. We're coming off of uh, both Killmonger with Black Panther mm-hmm. and then some pretty solid villains with uh, Hela and Thor Ragnarok and with uh, Vulture and Spider-Man Homecoming. So I think... We're finally over the bad villain problem in the Marvel movies because they've been kind of knocking it out of the park with all these going forward. And uh, I, I think personally, I would probably put the movie at like, I'm often between like an A minus and a B plus, but I'll just go A minus just because I know I'm going to see this movie again. I'm probably going to see it two or three more times after that. And I think there's a lot of things in the film too that you can't really get on one viewing. It demands right. that people go see it again because there's, there's a lot of aspects at play to go from there. So it sounds like we're all pretty decently up on it. Uh, it's, a, it's a solid film. We really enjoyed it a lot. So we're going to, you know, be done with the foreplay now, get straight to the nitty gritty, uh, full spoiler discussions for here on everybody. So we're going to keep active spoilers for the rest of the episode because uh, there is so, 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 so much to talk about here. Um, first off, we'll just go into some of our highs and lows in terms of some things that really stuck out to, to us. David, what's some of the big takeaways from, from this movie, some big moments or revelations that uh, really stuck out for you when you're reviewing the movie? Um, I think what really stuck out for me is the um, scene where uh, Thanos has to get the, um, the soul stone and it becomes very good. And we get to see a character who I, thought we were done with uh to be honest uh red skull makes a <laughs> a slightly bizarre cameo i've got no idea why he was there <laughs> i think there's there's a whole there's a whole movie to explain that one um but um yeah that i that reached a level um of darkness and sorrow that you don't normally experience with the mcu um Thanos having to sacrifice his adopted daughter uh, Gamora. Um, that was, yeah. I mean, it didn't get to me, but I could see how it could get to people. Um, but yeah, I thought that was different for the MCU, and it, it really gave Thanos as a character a lot of depth that he was prepared to go to this extreme to fulfil his plan, and it makes him so much more deadly as an opponent because you know there's just there's nothing he won't stop at now <laughs> to fulfill his to fulfill his plan i i have to admit that the flashback was a little bit clumsy to him um adopting gamora it was effective i just think it should have been shown earlier in the mcu really 
Um, I think so too. Sun- I think if they would have thrown yeah. that in Guardians or something. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it would have seemed to have made a little bit more sense because it think- does. I'm sorry. Yeah, go on. There. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say what I think it needed to be from Thanos's perspective, because we we don't really see that flashback through Gamora's eyes, and if it happened in one of the Guardians movies, it would have had to be her perception of it and her perception of her entire childhood and her interactions with him is so full of hate and anger that we wouldn't be able to have it as this quiet moment of this pseudo father figure like looking down at his little girl proudly and like keeping her from seeing the atrocity that's happened of like the slaughter of her people that's happening right behind her like as it is we get to kind of focus on like that look in his eye of like oh she's worth saving Whereas if it was from Gamora's perspective, it would be this asshole's like just killed my whole family. And now he's expecting me to balance a knife on my finger. Cool. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good point. Um, my, I would counter that by saying, OK, if it does need to be in this film, the film should have opened with that scene. Uh, yeah. um, because cause it does feel like I say, it does feel like a kind of oh shit moment. We haven't established <laughs> this yet. God, we've got, we've got to get it in. Um, so... Yeah, that that was that was probably the most profound scene um, I experienced. I loved the um, Thor with the Guardians. That mm. was that was just so so well done. It was just comedy gold for most of it. Thor's ridiculously rudimentary nicknames <laughs> for them all, and Peter Quill, yeah, <laughs> rabbit tree, um, <laughs> and yeah, Peter getting ridiculously insecure about. Um, <laughs> Thor's presence was 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 also very very funny. I, I do feel um, I, I just remember talking to Aaron about this. I was like, they snuck a really good Guardians of the Galaxy movie into Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, really and, in a weird way, I feel like there was more development and more uh, motion with the characters here than we got in probably all of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, this is kind of like. Uh, their vehicle because there's so much to do with Thanos and everything like that it really propelled a lot of their story forward so they they feature much much more prominently in this movie than I thought they would yeah I mean it, it is um a genuinely intergalactic film isn't it? it it is it does go all across the galaxy um which is is nice because it it does add well, I mean, maybe the last thing this film needed was more expanse, but it, 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 I think the the setting suits the content. So, um, yeah, that worked. Um, I was. What else really stood out for me? I I wasn't such a big fan of Doctor Strange and Iron Man's uh, Tony Stark's relationship. To be honest, I felt it was a bit too reminiscent of um, his uh, Stark's troubles with Steve Rogers. Um, it just seemed to be falling back on this idea that Stark doesn't work well with with new, you know, potential <laughs> Avengers. But he doesn't. Um, well, I know, <laughs> I know that's his character, but I, th- I think with so much at stake, it would have been, I, I yeah, I didn't see anything new there. Mm. Um, but I, I also really liked the uh, relationship between uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Um, that that was quite. Um, poignant at times and i like the fact they went to uh, edinburgh um <laughs> in the uk that was nice <laughs> um yeah i i just think of the other little caveat i i think the um um steve rogers and black widow were a little bit underplayed i would have liked to have seen them be bigger players in this yeah. um but 
perhaps we will see that in the second part a lot more. I can't I can't remember if they <laughs> they were the ones that got disappeared. No, they're both the they're both okay at the end. <laughs> yeah, and I think okay. I think you're right. I think they'll probably play a bigger role uh, in the next one because there's there's sort of these th- two distinct teams now that are are left. Um, yeah, it's every, everything is sort of coming together and sort of sort of um, in, in a way that I think is going to create a very interesting, almost quietly introspective and cerebral part two, the way that this one's very like actiony and very over the top dramatic. I think the next part will be a lot quieter of a film than we're used to seeing from Marvel. At least that's kind of my hope. I really, I would love to see something that's a lot more cerebral rather than, like you said before, um, solving everything with violence. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, which did seem to be the, um, yeah, the MO for it. Uh, I'll, I'll just quickly yeah. uh, mention two other things. Um, I liked the reality stone. I, I thought that was quite fun when <laughs> that was used. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Peter Dinklage's um, ironic cameo. <laughs> cameo. <laughs> the giant dwarf. <laughs> yes, the giant dwarf. That was that was done uh, very well. That did that did tickle I was, me. I was trying to remember. Did we know he was going to be in this movie? Because his like he's yeah, they had announced it, but they reason. never said who he was actually going to be. So we've been kind of okay. waiting to see, like, oh, what character he's going to be? There was some uh, uh, theories that he was going to voice Corvus Glaive, but that turned out. Mm not to be right, right so right. it was it was kind of surprised to see how they was, yeah, uh, decide fun. to bring him through in the movie yeah of course, I, uh, I, th- I think some of what we had to point out here i mean uh we get a lot of deaths in this movie uh yeah. some some that seem more permanent than others um you know it's like uh going into this everybody kind of had the feeling this is going to be a changing of the guard for the mm-hmm. mcu so we were probably going to see uh older characters like captain america iron man uh, go to the wayside, but they actually pulled a switch and killed off all the new characters and kind of right. left the OG Avengers still around. So we know that's not going to stick because Sony's not going to be like, oh yeah, you just killed Spider-Man. We're not going to do those <laughs> movies anymore or any billion dollar Black Panther sequels. Exactly, so, right. yeah. I did a bit when, when T'Challa decided to just vaporize. I was just like, have you seen his box office yet? Yeah. He's coming back. He's fine. He's coming back. But that's what I was saying before. Like we know we know that some of this is almost like a bait and switch. We know that some of this is a setup that they're immediately going to roll back. So it there was so I counted and there's five characters I believe that we see die. Uh, and mm-hmm. as opposed to the 13 that we see vanish. And then there's, there's, I think three or four that we just, we don't really know what their status in the universe is. Um, which I desperately need to know if Valkyrie is okay. We never see her at all <laughs> or Korg. And I or desperately Korg. need to know what happened to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's like 13 of these characters who, Odds are pretty good that we're getting all or most of them back. The five that actually yeah. died, that could go either way, depending on how they decide to play this. But we're getting the majority who, who of them the, back, no matter who what. Who the other three that died? Because obviously Loki, Gamora, um, who, Heimdall. Um, Heimdall died. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, it's technically Vision, but I think we're pretty much we're getting him back anyway. Yeah. Because um, of whatever Shuri was doing in the lab, I think she yeah, had time she's, to finish. She's made a backup. Yeah. Um, who was the? Other? I didn't. I didn't. I should have like written them down, but it was just like me doing the mental calculation. Um, 
I might think of them later, but there were definitely a few okay. people who died who were like, okay, we, we may or may not get these people back. Loki, yeah, we're I not think... getting back. No, I think Loki's gone. <laughs> Which breaks my heart, <laughs> his, but I've been saying that since, like, for months. I was like, oh no, he's going to die in the first yeah, 10 you know, minutes because he had his, that stupid His character stone. arc wrapped up too neatly, yeah. and, you know, as soon as you saw him swipe that, that Tesseract, oh, then, yeah. uh, well, <laughs> you signed your death certificate uh-huh. with that one. I, I do think that, yeah, there's some, some things peppered here. I think... Um, with Vision especially, we see Shuri is able to kind of, you know, back up his hard drive, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think the and we we this is this is a throwback to old Avengers comics when Vision was first killed in the comics and they tried to recreate him as the the white version <clears throat> of Vision as a all white android and he didn't have the same memories he didn't have the same personality he didn't have the same mm-hmm. humanity that he hit, had before so they could restore him but he's not going to be the same which is of course going to have ramifications for if scarlet witch comes back and uh their relationship everything like that do you stick with basically your robot boyfriend who's you know more robot than boy now (laughs) and how's that how's that play out for you um there's a lot of things that i think that will be resolved in the next movie but there's some things that one thing i was curious about was how is it going to play off, especially coming off of Captain America uh, Civil War? Were, were Tony and Captain America going to reach this uh, point of getting over it? And that was the assumption. Everybody's like, oh, they fight in this movie and they break up. But he has a little phone, and then once Thanos shows up, they shake hands and team up together. No, we actually don't get a resolution to that in this movie. Captain America mm-hmm. no. and Iron Man don't share a, a single scene together, and there's a galaxy apart right now. So I think... Uh, that's another tantalizing thread that's going to go forward. And I think the Russo brothers are trying to wrap up certain things, but also stretch other things out. I think one thing they did want to do is probably why they brought Red Skull back, which I was so mad because that got spoiled by me for somebody online. I wanted to be a true surprise. But uh, it's, it's just one of those things because we see him basically vanish into space in Captain America, the first Avenger. And then it's just left open and Hugo Weaving is nonplussed about coming back to do the role and everything. Then all of a sudden he's, there's this uh, spectral, almost like a wraith-like appearance and there is a a guardian of the soul stone. Uh, I think that they won't just leave that dangling around anywhere. Exactly once the soul stone is taken by somebody, what happens to Red Skull? Does he come Mm -hmm. back? Does he do something? I don't think that's something they're just going to leave out there maybe floating around i think they'll I'd watch that somehow. movie yeah <laughs> i'd watch a red skull like solo film of what he's been doing in this all this time and where he's going next maybe that'd they, be cool maybe they should, they should bring back the one shots and make something about it but i yeah. think um really it comes down to how they're going to plan things with the guardians going forward there's a lot of things that happen with the guardians in this movie and i saw some people complain too about how Star-Lord ruined everything because he <laughs> went crazy and started I mean, he did, but being yeah. Thanos. Yeah, but it's in character for, it for Star-Lord. And I think that's the thing. Everybody performs within character for this movie. Nobody's like, oh, they went to the wayside and like, you know, they, uh, yeah. they, they didn't do something you would expect them to do. We've seen Star-Lord pretty much lose his shit in anger, especially when grieving over someone every single movie that we've seen him in so far. So it makes and perfect sense. And he gets sense jealous and he gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> He's ever the man boy, so uh, I fully expected him to do something stupid that would result in the death of the galaxy. <laughs> That's just who his character is. That was one of my standouts for the movie. Um, also like how, and I think the Russo brothers also did this with um, 
with Civil War because coming off the of Age of Ultron, it felt like we didn't quite feel the stakes from there. It's almost yeah. like Civil War was an apology to Age Ultron. It's like, okay, let's make some really tense, hard stuff that they have to deal with what happened in the big Avengers movie. And here they kind of do that with Thor's story because Thor has had a pretty hard week leading up into this film. <laughs> and it only gets worse and worse and worse. The poor guy. And uh, this is another testament to their direction. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's acting and what Marvel has done. Thor is having a conversation with a goddamn raccoon. And it's one of the <laughs> yeah. most heartfelt Rabbit, parts please. of the, the movie where he says, you know, I lost my dad. My mom's dead. My brother's dead. I lost my eye. My sister's dead. Half of my people are dead. What else have I got to lose? You know, I got nothing to do but to put my all into it. And uh, that was one of my key moments. And and I was talking to Aaron about it. I was like, when Spider-Man faded away, that was like the thing that hit me. Because Spider-Man was like always my favorite character. And just the way Tom Holland is able to emote and you get the desperation of a young man who doesn't want to die in that moment. Yeah. I, I heard the energy just suck out of the theater as that was going on and, and people whispering no and hushing <laughs> themselves and started crying Aww. and everything like that. Uh, I think people just really like him as a character. So that was a that was a hard one for a lot of people to take. A lot of people were mad that T'Challa faded away too. That was the first oh, like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And yeah. it just kept snowballing from there. And I, I do appreciate that they kind of ended this movie and people say it's a cliffhanger. But like we said, if you look at it from the perspective, this is Thanos' movie, this isn't a cliffhanger. That's his. That's his happy ending, and roll credits. Yeah, now he gets to <laughs> go be a farmer on some alien well. planet and just like be at yeah. peace, which we all know that's not going to last. So, because a lot of the comics, like if if you're still kind of trying to pay attention to what Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War in in the comics do, um, Thanos. Yeah, you, you kind of know like he does step away once once he thinks he's done, but then he gets immediately drawn right back into it all, um, and 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 so the fact that they've kind of put his resolution seemingly in the middle of this big conflict um, is, is kind of one of the things that makes me think that it's the next movie is going to be a lot more thought provoking rather than like action 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 because well they've already dis- they've already discovered they can't really fight thanos even if he doesn't have even if the infinity gauntlet seems to be messed up he can still at the very least he can still use the space stone because he like he just phase shifted away from thor but you know so that that implies that he still has access to all this energy in in some form or another so fighting thanos isn't really going to go well for the remaining avengers so they're going to have to be really smart about it uh and in that regard it seems like there is a bigger plan uh, because because when so Marcus you mentioned earlier that all the characters were in character um, but there there's a couple times when like Doctor Strange could totally use the time stone and fix things <laughs> or go back and just yeah. like just make little changes and he doesn't specifically when Peter Quill tries to screw everything up for everyone I mean he doesn't intentionally well, do he it says but... it's, it's, it was the only way he, he knew that Thanos had to succeed I guess. initially didn't he yeah no I mean that's he, definitely he the implication what, 14, 14 million computations uh-huh, on this one and only one succeeded <laughs> absolutely so, so and the fact that he doesn't get involved we don't even we don't even look at Doctor Strange I think during that interaction it's it's Iron Man screaming at him like what are you doing Quilts, knock it off like yeah. we don't we don't really focus on Doctor Strange in that interaction and the fact that he doesn't immediately roll back time and be like knock it off peter and like bitch slap him back 
uh, implies that yes, all of this had to happen. And the fact that he made the like, Doctor Strange made this whole big point of if it's between, you know, Iron Man or the Stone, he's picking the Stone, but he promptly gives it up the second somebody's really like in danger. So it, it implies, and and like the look on his face was like, oh yes, there's no tricks here. Take the stone. <laughs> Which um, immediately means that it's a trap of some sort, but we're, we, yeah. we don't see what that entails. So it'll be interesting to see what... Because something, something is going to play out from that. It'll just be interesting to see what exactly that means. Yeah, I think that might be the one downfall. Is uh, Thanos is an interesting character in this movie because, especially some of the interactions he has with Gamora and stuff like that, he's, he's pretty evil. Not like maliciously evil, but just evil enough to be bad. But mm-hmm. he's kind of has his own sort of code like he tells Gamora like I didn't teach you to lie like I don't lie and he seems to be pretty much a man of his word uh as he made the bargain with sparing Tony to get the time stone he doesn't walk back on that so I think that could be the one thing is he may be susceptible to being manipulated because uh he he's not like Drax level or anything like that (laughs) but he's he's not thinking about manipulating people in the way to to you know be the typical sort of comic book movie villain and do a double cross and things like that. He's about his mission and doing it in his own sort of weird way with the least Mm -hmm. amount of lives being sacrificed in in his opinion. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how the Avengers have played on that or will play on that going forward and, and sort of turn the tide on them and be able to get one over on them. Now I do want to go into some things that maybe we didn't like a lot about the movie. Um, I'll kind of lead up into that myself. Um, we already mentioned some of the pacing was a little bit weird. I think Thor's quest to forge Stormbreaker uh, was just oddly peppered out because I, I was thinking like, okay, throughout all of that, that's probably not even 10 minutes of a scene right there. Couldn't it just given it to us all at once or at least split it into two different halves so we could like sort of forget about it a little bit. Then when Thor makes his uh, big return in Wakanda and, and saves everybody, it could feel a little more... Uh, emphatic at that point in time because pretty, pretty much it goes, oh, I made Stormbreaker and I'm on Wakanda and I'm killing everybody. So I thought that was a, a weird way to do things. And um, we just needed more time with Captain America and Black Panther too because we see a number of things in the trailer that actually don't make it into the movie. We thought we were going to get some quieter moments here and there with those those two characters, which I think um, still had a lot to discuss and uh, come to terms with following Captain America's Civil War, but we don't really get to see that. So that was some just a couple of my gripes with the movie. David, I don't know if you have anything uh, I, that you would kind of prefer to see differently or some things you were expecting that didn't happen. Uh, let me hear your thoughts. I, I agree with you that the, it lacked the quieter character moments that we've come to expect from the uh, MCU. Um, there was none of, like, in... I remember in the original Avengers, There's it, it stops for quite a while when they're on the, you know, the, the ship and... You know, there's this quite an interesting discussion between Bruce Banner and and Tony Stark. There was there was nothing like that this time. If if ever it was stopping in its you know remorseless action, it was to dump a load of exposition on you. Um, and it was a little yeah, it was a little clumsy in that regard. Um, I don't have that many complaints about it. I've, I've actually, you know, doing my job as a, a critic, listed all most of my grievances in my review because I felt I could do that without spoiling anything. Um, I, yeah, I think, I don't think the pacing was that 
that bad. I mean, it definitely moved along at a, a, a fair clip. It's just, yeah, it's it definitely has a structure, but every it definitely has those three acts, but every one feels kind of the same. Um, it, it all leads up to Thanos gaining an Infinity Stone, and then you know, and at which point it's always well, you can either save your friend's life <laughs> yeah. or give up the stone, and that's <laughs> that's the dilemma each and every time. Um, yeah, was, I think it, it, it could have mixed that up uh, a fair bit more. I think, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, and the the showdown in Wakanda. It was a little too reminiscent of what we saw at the end of Black Panther as well. I felt that was... Um, I, d- I don't know how else they would have used Wakanda in it, but um, yeah, I, I think that was a little... It was just too fresh in uh, mo- probably most of the audience's mind what happened in Black Panther to suddenly just pretty much do the same thing over again. But yeah, I think my my qualms with it. I've already mentioned a few, but um, I, I've got nothing major to criticise with it. It's certainly a massive step up from Age of Ultron, uh, which actually spent too long mm-hmm. with its quieter character moments, uh, because really, Age of Ultron is kind of building towards Civil War, which I really I believe that Civil War is the true Avengers sequel, um, not not Age of Ultron. That was just a, a preview for that. Um, so. <laughs> And this this really does feel like it, it, it genuinely climactic. As Aaron Aaron has said, I do hope it becomes a lot more thoughtful in the second part. No, we don't want Age of Ultron again, but we I think I think we do want something that, <laughs> that digs in a little bit more to the mechanics of what's going on, because we're we're up, we're asked to suspend our belief an awful lot in this film and just accept that the Infinity Stones do all this mm-hmm. and that. You know, you can be zapped across the universe at, at a moment's notice. And I know we're not going to get answers for all of that. And I don't want some kind of Nolan-esque massive examination of it. But because um, <laughs> I do like, I've always liked the fact that the Marvel Universe is light and breezy for the most part. And that, that works. And yeah, I suppose my other qualm is the characters are victims of their own success now. You you knew at the end when they started to melt away. It's like, yeah, you're coming back, you're coming back, you're coming back, you're coming back because you're worth so much money, <laughs> basically. And I know that's really cynical, and I know yeah. that that's you know me thinking from a purely industry point of view. But it's but it's true. <laughs> all the all, it's, that, true, it's not yeah. just me. It's not like I'm some expert in all of this who, who can see beyond everything. It's you know, most of the audience are aware of this. Like, of course, we're going to get a Black Panther yeah. too. So, of mm-hmm. course, T'Challa's coming back. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two. So, the... sure. I mean, I presi- Spider-Man <laughs> Two could be set before this, I suppose. But um, yeah, and I suppose you could create an argument that Black Panther. Well, it doesn't need to be T'Challa. Um, the Black Panther can. You know, it's all about the suit and the position, isn't it? So. Yeah, but the, well, they've burnt all the. Oh, there's there's true, no yeah, more um, heart shaped oh, no, no, herb, herbs, she, so it has to be it, T'Challa. Um, I've forgotten the name of her character, but uh, Lupita Nyongo. Um, she saved one of the flowers, didn't she? No, but she gave it to yeah, T'Challa. Yeah, she gave it back to T'Challa to get yeah. his yeah. powers back. Yeah, that's true. That's in the snow. Yeah, so that's technically, um, as far as we've seen, there are no more. He is the last Blank Panther. <laughs> but. Hopefully they have a, a failsafe for that. Who knows? That'll that'll be another issue. But I think uh, 
kind of building on what you were saying, uh, I think the characters that are left, um, because yeah, I think a lot of the story will probably revolve around, you know, getting the others back, but the people that are left, so like Captain America and Black Widow, and I think Hulk's still left, and Rocket, and a few of those others that are still on Earth, I think there will definitely be an aspect of survivor's guilt that will have to be addressed. Uh, throughout the next film. Oh yeah, film. I, I forgot so to say I something. I couldn't mention this in my review, will... but I didn't realise that the leftovers was part of the yeah. MCU. Um, yeah. <laughs> <It's>... yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's what is actually one long episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, as far as far as what what bothered me about the movie, I'm pretty much right there with you, David. Um, I think yeah, this trading one life for one stone at every interaction got a little bit predictable. Um, and there, there probably could have been some, some different, more interesting ways of handling that. I like the way that we didn't see him decimate the Nova Corps. He just, he starts out that way and we don't have to watch him tear the, 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 uh, Asgardians ship apart and murder everyone. We just kind of walk right into that, which I really enjoyed, um, because it's we understand the scope of what he's capable of without actually seeing it, and that makes it so much worse. Uh, so that was cool. But then when it comes down to those last few stones, it's con- it's this constant trade of one life for one stone, and what that means. Where and and we get a specific conversation about like we don't trade lives. It's like, but that's doing, yeah. literally all you're doing. <laughs> so that that got a little bit tired that that trope um and then yeah just the the ending being kind of one hit after another after another after another it just it felt like this marathon that's not really going to mean anything as of the next movie like it's it's the stakes are only gonna last as long as the writers let it like it's it's only it's gonna drag on as long as like the writers can't think of a way to drag it out any further which I, I wish that there were a little bit higher stakes with the people who disappeared because we just we know that like you like we've said before, it's all the people who still have so much to do. They've only been in one movie. Um, we are like we know that they're going to do more. Um, so it wasn't this whole like changing of the guard. It wasn't like the old Avengers are all gone. Oh gosh, are they gone for good or do we get them back? Like and we're going to start new Avengers or like West Coast Avengers or something like we know that we're getting pretty much all the people who vanished back. It's just going to be a matter of how they make that work. Actually, I think that's a good segue to go into our next discussion because I want to kind of get into predictions for Avengers 4 and MCU going forward. It's something that I kind of picked up on when I when I was watching the movie too and I didn't you know think about it until after the movie and I was trying to process it a little bit more. But when Thanos does the snap and everyone starts to turn to ash and fade away, it seems like... Only one character is really kind of aware of what's happening to him, and that's Spider-Man. Everyone mm-hmm. else, like I think we first see Bucky, and he calls out to Steve, and then Bucky fades away. And then uh, we see Black Panther, and he's reaching out to Koye and telling her, like, oh, you're not going to die here. And then he fades away. It seems like the characters uh, who fade away are kind of seeing, like, the people they're attached to disappear. So I don't think... I think maybe my suspicion is that Thanos didn't really grasp the concept of what he was doing or the gauntlet worked in a different way. I think he separated them into two different 
reality. So yeah, half of them are existing in one multiverse, and then the other are existing in another multiverse, and no one's truly dying. And um, how they rectify that, and how they uh, really figure out what's going on there. And then, of course, seeing some of the set picks that came out for Avengers Four, we see that some of it has like. Of course, time travel stuff because they're back in the first Avengers somehow. But now Ant-Man and the Wasp are there and like other characters are there. There's some sort of multiversality going on with Avengers 4 and how they reconcile with things. I think they're probably kind of building it to do a little bit of a, a Flashpoint paradox <laughs> almost with MCU to kind of merge these different realities together that they're experiencing and you know maybe some characters go away maybe some characters come back some people stay dead some people return to the living but it's going to basically reshape the mcu into what it's going to be for the future and i think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because when it comes down to it i could kind of think about it in terms of that but i have no fucking clue <laughs> anything's going to get wrapped up and resolved from there which is like a credit because you could you understand where it has to end up mm-hmm. but you don't know the journey that the avengers are going to take from here on to get to that point. So Aaron, do you, is there anything that you can see on the horizon for the MCU, whether it's just from a character development standpoint or anything else uh, going forward from here that this movie is going to have greater ramifications for? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you've really hit the nail on the head They're They're going to play with the multiversity because that, that was a big thing they brought up in Dr. Strange was that like, there's so many different realities out there. So I think, yeah, that, they're not dead, but they're definitely going to be separated. So half of them in one universe where half has died and the other half in the other. Like, And I think Doctor Strange is going to be the only one who can pretty much move back and forth at will. So he can help coordinate, at least. So eventually they're going to realize, oh, everyone's not dead. Maybe we have a way to fix this. But when they fix it, I think definitely aspects are going to be different because it's going to have to be a brand new reality. So yeah, I think certain characters... Like this, this is a kind of a really safe way for them to do a kind of soft reset on the universe. Um, so say there's details that they want to change, it it would just be incredibly easy to do so. Or say if they wanted to bring the mutants into the Avengers world, this would be a really easy way to be like, oh no, there have totally always been these, pe- exactly these mutant people with superpowers. Say. It opens the door for the X Men, doesn't yeah. it? Because they, because they, uh-huh. they love it opens a bit the door for the X Men. So, um, they, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it also opens the door for Beta Ray Bill and stuff because we've already seen Stormbreaker. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't Fine, mean to cut I you off there, David. I was just doing an aside, you carry on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, like I said, we've got Doctor Strange who can kind of travel back and forth and would have the means to kind of pull the threads of reality back together, but maybe they just don't quite put everything together the right way. Um, and so that it becomes a new reality, which is kind of cool. So they could bring back, that'd be a way to bring back characters who have died. I'm assuming that they're, you know, they're going to have to get the, the gauntlet back to do it. And in the comics, Nebula plays a really big part in that. So I assume she's going to play a really big part in, in, uh, you know, this next arc. Um, and of getting the stones back and if she's the one who gets to kind of decide how the universe comes back together i'm assuming she's going to pull gamora back with her you know she's going to bring her sister back who didn't get um like because they they only finally have just begun being sisters and that was something that was one of the quieter moments that i wish this movie had maybe taken another 
second on is just we see that Gamora does love Nebula. But it would have been nice to get like one more interaction between them before Gamora got taken away. So I think Nebula is going to bring her back and whether that means it's going to be at the expense of her own life or if we're actually going to get to have them both be Guardians of the Galaxy together. Um, we'll have to see. But I think there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff um, to look forward to with the multiversity playing the like gotcha. playing the part That's of like not even with like Captain <laughs> yeah. Marvel coming into which play right. too, which we get yes. a stinger at the end of the film. Yeah, for that too. are we going to then... see sword? Are we going to see like what's you know <laughs> what are the bigger ramifications of the of the pieces that they've now got to play with? Yeah, um, obviously the post credit scene. Um, well, I say obviously, I had to I had to research it, but um, obviously it, it gives um, it is the way in for um, Captain Marvel. Um, there was no Ant Man in this as well. Am I right in thinking he is the only character who's had an origin movie up to this point who was not involved in the proceedings here? Obviously, That's he's true. Got, yeah. I believe uh, so. Yeah, we've got Ant Man and Wasp coming up. Um, so. I'm, which yeah, is set I, before I, I Infinity it, War. It would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's... It's it's opened up... Well, I mean, it, Infinity War is an appropriate title because the possibilities are now are now infinite. If they have been shifted to another universe, as, as Aaron's theory suggests, then, yeah, there's. I, I think it does make a very useful um, juncture for Marvel to bring in you know, reclaimed properties now. So, so who knows what we're, I mean, I know it, it, Infinity War um, Part 2 or Avengers 4, it's already, it's already shot, isn't it? They filmed these back to back. Uh, yeah, pretty much close to I think they took a short break. Um, I think Zoe Saldana did mention they have uh, pickups and reshoots to do. Uh, closer towards the end of summer, start of fall, but other than uh, whatever scenes those will entail, um, it's pretty much done and over with. Um, I think Tom Holland said Spider-Man 2 starts filming in July, so he probably wouldn't be able to film both consecutively, so his scenes for Avengers 4 has to already be in the can. So yeah, we're we're pretty uh, far in advance in, into Avengers yeah, 4. Yeah, so from, I don't think they've probably had time to um, incorporate the fact that they, they now have got the Fantastic Four and X Men coming back to them, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, some post credit scenes about them in Infinity War uh, Part Two, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's I don't know I I've, I I hazard to say that it might we're possibly getting a little overexcited about it, and it could just well be business as usual after this. Um, I think. <laughs> There is the possibility of a soft reset, but at the same point, I just feel like they've. I've always said one 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 of my criticisms of the MCU in its entirety so far has been that death has had no real presence in it. There's there's no you know none of the characters mm. have died in any way, and now they feel like they've completely overcompensated with it. So that in <laughs> itself makes it all feel very insincere. Um, like you know all of these are going to come back um which is pretty standard for comic books really but um i think it would be yeah death, death yes, in comic yes, books is. is a temporary it affliction yeah you, you're just <laughs> like you're actually just, cool. you're just being benched ostensibly. um you know you, you're in the sim bin or whatever mm. however you want to phrase it um but 
it's so I don't know. You, you know, we are going to see a Black Panther two, obviously. Um, I mean, Chris Evans has said he doesn't want to do Captain America for much longer, and that could be the end of that character. To be honest, I mean, of course, someone else can pick up the shield, but I don't know. I mean, one of my favourite movie critics, Bob Chipman, has said he he doesn't. You know, it, it seems almost impossible that someone else would fill that role now. And it's the same with Iron Man as well. If Tony Stark is going to sacrifice himself or, you know, whatever he has to do, because I do think he's he's reached the end of his arc now. And plus Robert Downey Jr. is way too expensive to keep on the books at this stage because he got a magnificent deal out of um, Marvel Studios um, from his point of view. So, again, I mean... Obviously, someone else can fill the suit because that's what it really tends to come down to in the Marvel universe. For you know, about fifty percent of its characters, it's all about the suit, not the not the person. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they go down that route, if they get rid of Captain America and Iron Man, I think I'll gain a lot more respect for the MCU. Um, as in, yes, we are going to change things. We are going to bring in new characters, and we are going to do you know different kinds of films from now on i i think you know the the more um i'm trying to think of the word intrinsic and focused approach of black panther is something i want to see from uh, the mcu a lot more i i have gotten a bit weary of this you know the the stepping stone films like iron man 2 age of ultron and stuff like that that just feel like they're leading to another you know later film yeah I, I do feel like Avengers 4 will probably be a phase shift. And keep in mind, we're still calling it Avengers 4 because the Russo brothers said they're not going to announce the title for Avengers 4 because it's kind of a, a spoiler within itself. And they seem to be mm-hmm. sort of uh, taking these arcs from the comics and trying to transpose them to the films a little bit. Even if they change things, they kind of keep similar story beats. So yeah. uh, I think once we know the title for Avengers 4, then everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, now we finally understand where it's going to go because we're going to have the source material to check and look into. I think what what probably will happen, I think uh, you, you'll probably get your wish, David, is I think Avengers 4 is going to be the last hoorah for this sort of uh, mishmash of the characters and everything we have now. It, it does seem like Marvel is going to be more focused in developing individual character pieces and things like that. They're not tripping over themselves to try a plan an Avengers 5, even if there will be an Avengers 5. There will be eventually, but we don't know in what sort of shape or form it's going to take, and uh, we don't know what the roster is going to constitute as. Like I said, the only thing we have pointing to any sort of direction is the leaked set pictures that anybody can go out there and look. I, I thought it was also interesting because we have the original incident of Avengers. If you look at the team that's there, they're also the original Avengers from the original Marvel comic books. The roster exactly the same iron man thor captain america uh well captain america wasn't an original original adventure but he's there uh, ant-man and the wasp yeah and hulk <laughs> so i think it is going to be in a weird way a, a certain s- sort of retcon of the continuity and uh a little bit of a reset for them but yeah also a way to springboard and incorporate other things if need be i don't think they're quite thinking ahead to the fox thing and everything like that but we saw with spider-man and civil war they had a contingency, so they had a whole mm. separate, different script for how that was going to play out and how it was going to play out when they get, or if they could get Spider-Man. So when Kevin Feige says, like, oh, we're not thinking about they get, it's full of shit. He's definitely <laughs> thinking. <laughs> yeah, I know Feige is, it. Uh, 
Yeah, he's one of the biggest nerds on the planet, and you know, uh, a Marvel fan of the comics and everything from there. Of course, he's he's sitting there stroking his chin every night, thinking about what he can do with these characters once the deal falls through, which it sounds like uh, could happen as early as spring of 2019, if not sooner. Hmm. Uh, that's just one year, so it's not a whole big distance away. And it's also interesting enough, we kind of have like the next projects lined up with. Captain Marvel, I think, and Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. but really nothing after that. We can They can just pretty much pull whatever movies they want out of their ass and throw them out there in the theater. So they really do have a blank slate uh, after Spider-Man 2 to just be able to do whatever the hell they want, whether it's more Black Panther, more Captain Marvel, whatever the case is going to be, or just start their whole new uh, reassembled universe that they have there. So they, they have a lot of possibilities to go through. All right, and I think that's pretty much going to do it for our episode today. We're running just a little bit over now. So, uh, guys, I want to thank you for joining back here, uh, sharing your thoughts on the movie, and, of course, listeners for tuning back in, too. Uh, we got more stuff coming up. May is going to be a busy month. We've got Deadpool 2's Han Solo coming up, so we'll probably retain the cover of those, too. It's going to be interesting when we have to cover another, mm-hmm. another Star Wars film here. It's, it's going to be <laughs> one I'm kind of excited to do because I think this is going to be a good test for how Lucasfilm and uh, Disney are doing things the Star Wars franchise going forward. And I'm just excited to see Deadpool, too, so that'll Indeed. be a good one to cover as well. So, guys, thanks for jumping in. Uh, Thank listeners, you. thanks for tuning in. Everybody, be sure to catch us on HeroIndex.net for more stuff. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and listen to more episodes in the future. I'm Marcus McNeil, signing off. Have a good day.